0: Hello.
1: Hi, John. <clears throat>
0: Hi, Merlin. How's it going? Oh, so so good. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. I'm sitting here, uh, and you know, a longtime listeners to the show would probably not believe what my recording setup looks like. Even people who know what it looks like probably wouldn't believe what it looks like. <laughs> Okay. I basically now have have got got the system down so that I keep it under the couch uh, for when company comes over um, so so my house looks neat. Uh-huh. And then uh, when it's time to record, I reach under the couch, <laughs> and I pull out my setup, and I put it on the coffee table. <laughs> well,
1: hang on. You're a professional. Yeah. So you yeah. record with your professional equipment, and then... <laughs> When you're done, oh, like a big bear right before you stretch out on the couch, you just push everything underneath it? I just
0: push it under the
1: couch. <laughs> do your guests know they're sitting on your career?
0: No, I don't think they do. I don't think they, I mean, if somebody were to like drop something on the floor and lean down, they would see, <laughs> you know, a, a digital audio interface. There's not that microphone. many jobs
1: where it wouldn't be obvious when they're sitting. If you were a baker, they would yeah. smell it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, right. right. If a pizza oven, it'd be hard to fit under it. Automobile mechanic. Yeah, you could have a, a killer set of tools. You could have your tools the under there, or maybe like a hydraulic lift.
1: Mm-hmm. But in this oh, case, that'd be cool. You're done talking. Pss, pss, pss. You're done. <laughs> maybe you could also get those things like filling stations used to have, where you run over and yeah. they go ding, ding,
0: <laughs> ding, ding. Oh, where did those <laughs> Welcome go? Welcome to the I've,
1: podcast studio. The what?
0: I want one of those.
1: Oh God, me too. Ding, ding. And you can never do it on your own. You jump on it. Yeah, that's
0: right. Well, and you know, there was presence, there to, presence detection was in its infancy then. You know, there there used to be a way station, uh, you know, a truck stop way station type of place outside of Anchorage that uh, was closed at night, and you could pull over there and and go walk out on the scale, the truck scale, and you could see in the window, oh! and you could, and it was oh! so fine, it was so finely calibrated, it could weigh. You no, and you could see the digital display like, like uh, I don't trust. You, wait, wait. Uh,
1: I don't trust the tear weight on my kitchen scale. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I have to because there's a certain amount of trust in the kitchen you've got to have whether you like it or not. Sure. But that's a that is a very John because I mean, so you're telling me that's like like we got that out here. Uh, you probably know near Tracy, we got the truck scales. Mm-hmm. You pull over near the near that big grade, that crazy grade. Um, mm-hmm. you um, so you're saying. Uh, uh, what we used to in my day call an eighteen wheeler.
0: Mm, that's and right.
1: With the thing on the back, you pull on the trailer. A semi
0: trailer. Where's the rest of it? Uh, well, that's the, you know, demi that's, demi-, <laughs> demi trailers. <Let's> demi <laughs> that's demi more. A, that's one of those things I've looked up forty times. Why is it called a semi trailer? Yeah. And they'll explain it to you in words uh, in the dictionary, even let alone the internet. Yeah. And I still. And I was thinking about it the other day. I was driving, and I was like, "Wait a minute now. What was it again? Why is it a semi? Semi of a it's right a semi? It's and a demi
1: Mond, and Bruce Springsteen is worried about the Hemis on his on his automobile.
0: That's right. Hemis different deal. Yes. That's uh that's yeah, those are hemispheres. But a hemi demi semi quaver is that's purely European. Yeah. Well, I, the, exactly. Yeah. That's that's German. Uh, but no, this, is, uh, this wow. is a thing that I wish I could answer. It's just nobody calls them semis anymore, so. Cause it, does, I, that, does that sound like you're working blue a little bit?
1: I, <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that in the parlance now?
0: A, a semi? Yeah. Is that like a little bit of a, is that just like just I, a tip? Pff, wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Your kids can going to have to listen to this. No, probably not. Yeah. <laughs>
0: probably no, it sounds like a
1: boner. But, but uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, scales are interesting. I get rid of our scale.
0: You don't think your kid is ever going to listen to this program all the way through, do you?
1: There's so many parts to that. Well, let me give you the short answer: No. Yeah. If those are all like and statements. No, absolutely not.
0: Absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I feel like my child could not be less interested in listening to this program. And Just what wait. will happen if, any, if anybody? They'll get less interested. If anybody in uh, in my family ever. Uh, what i think of is uh, that that there will be a great great grandchild one Mm. of what i hope to be 800 great 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 grandchildren and there will be one that's just like a just a weirdo (sighs) yeah and they will be the one that's like you know mike one of my ancestors used to do a radio show back in the golden age of radio
1: yeah i mean it's it's like being like um i don't know like a one of those old timing names, like a cooper or or mm-hmm. a wheelwright, <laughs> like you know you uh <laughs> you know I I had there was someone in my family who made barrels. He was a cooper, right? Sure. But but here's here's well, uh, I shouldn't say this on the air. But you know, if you found out, uh, let's say we did the opposite of that, where well, you're a buff, you like you like to know things about the past and your mm-hmm. family that interests mm-hmm. you. It yeah. seems to me. And so, if you suddenly found out you got this—let's say you found out you got this mystery mystery meat colonel that you only <laughs> know—it's a mystery meat colonel that you know only from this painting of him looking a little bit like Colonel Sanders—and you found out that there was some stuff that happened in Virginia in the 1830s. Mm-hmm. You're gonna—you dig around a little bit. I got a pretty good idea of what you're gonna find. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Now, yes, here's my yes. question to you. Based on the way things are going right now, what if somebody, your great quote unquote granddaughter, might be a grand robot for all we know, but right. like the, the, your, your, your uh, well, that person discovers how much meat you ate? <sighs> Have you thought about this? I think this is going to be the 1830 of food.
0: There's, there's going to be. People are all going to be vegans. They're all going to be living off of uh, two, laboratory two, derived slimes. The
1: 2090s are going to make <laughs> the 1830s uh, look like the uh, Age of Innocence.
0: So, so, so ha, has has PETA been slipping stuff under your door, and you're beginning to realize that it's been a, 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 a like a a, a Calocaust this whole time. <laughs> Uh, uh I'm a Kalikost Denier. Yeah. You know. Ben Which Gibbard is, used to describe that's Why I had to leave Germany. <laughs> when you drive through that area right there around uh, Sacto, right very close to where you are. <laughs> the Sack, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh a little south of there that giant that old uh giant cow place that that smelled like uh, like death from a thousand miles. Mm. Uh mm. where it was a, it was some kind of abattoir there but when you when you came over the rise there were sometimes 200 million cows yeah. all standing around. And Ben Gibbard, oh. now, I don't know, th- this might get a person uh, 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 looked askance upon these days, but Gibbard used to call it cowchuwitz.. <laughs> <laughs> Boy,
1: Any I wonder time. who the first person will be to regret that you said that. Yeah, I know. And anytime we would uh, drive through there, I he'd be like, "Here you. it comes!" <laughs> <laughs> no, no, That's, no. I, I thought what happened in the van stayed
0: in the van. I never said it, not once. But I did. I you did, quoted it. I snorted <laughs> when he said it. Yeah. Uh, because, but, it, but you're absolutely right. There <laughs> will be a time when people look back and go, "Ugh my my meat eating forebears who uh, you know who were living on Chef Boyardee canned ravioli."
1: Well, the, a, the AI, which, of course, is played by a little droid, beep, 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 the AI rolls <laughs> meady, in meady, and meady, goes, meady. I have information about Progenitor John Morgan Roderick. And you're like, oh, what is it? What is it, Beep Bop? <laughs> beep Bop says. Keep it coming. Re- re- <laughs> keep coming. <laughs> beep Bop, what is it? What have you learned about great, great, great grand uh, dad John Roderick? Sadly, he said to always make all of the bacon. <laughs> Wait, bacon? What is what is what is bacon? <laughs> is that a euphemism? <laughs> Regrettably, <laughs> it is it is strips of portion of pig, <laughs> pig, <laughs> salted and delicious. Ha ha. Wait a minute, Clip Corp. (laughs) You sound like you kind of want to try it. Yum, 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 yum.
0: Uh, Yum, yum. I am history's worst monster.
1: I am history's worst monster.
0: That's the yeah, thing, you know. A pickle be president then. A pickle, a pig will be a president of the United Nations, and everybody will be like, "Oh, they, we just didn't realize they could talk because we hadn't invented. We never asked headsets or whatever that that oh, we I can read their you're brains. Saying. Yeah, you know, you're
1: probably, i The thing is, you know, as you know, the one of the one of the little uh, one of the little uh, dust ups with all this futuristic stuff is like. All we can really do is guess about the future based upon the past and the present. We all understand that. The mm-hmm. the thing that I think it's almost – we are almost um, constitutionally incapable of understanding is how future things we don't understand yet will affect future things we super can't understand yet, right? right? And there's, there's all kinds of examples of that one, one could look at. But, uh, you know, really, you're creating what my friends on the Flop House podcast call an evidence dungeon. You're really mm. just gathering all of the evidence in one place. You ever notice that when a bad guy has this habit? Not not a crazy wall, but a bad guy. Maybe maybe a little bit of silence to the lambs. But a bad guy always puts all of his evidence in one place, you right. know, in his secret right. lair. And I think that's kind of what you're doing for your forebears.
0: Putting you it should... all here. It's all down. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, in my defense, I live mostly on spaghetti. But I do put a little delicious... Hamburger in the sauce. I won't lie, John. John, I, I,
1: you know, I, we're not even going to get to talking about people like us. I'm talking right. about people, people who knowingly went in and ordered a salad with a meat substitute.
0: Uh, I you know, know that's saying? happening. It's, I but no, but you understand went... that
1: those people alone, that will be like us walking, <laughs> like us walking into a mall and saying, "Do you have any human skin? I mean, right. er, simulated human skin?" And they'd be like, "What are you? What?" What do you need human skin for? And they're no, like no, no.
0: simulated humans. Don't forget? No, like do you have any <laughs> crazy super realistic human skin? You know? Yeah, I. You know what? I'm a I'm a virtuous pers- person. Yes. My boots are made of simulated human skin. It's uh, absolutely. It's it's made by. Well, you you know you can buy
1: like uh, I discovered a few years ago. Um, Point one doesn't want to say. You know you can buy, for example, a fuckable foot. You can buy a disembodied mm-hmm. foot with a fake <laughs> vagina in it that you can have intercourse with. Sure, now, sure. I look at something like that. I don't that. want to yuck anybody's yum. Oh, well, no, quite the opposite. What I'm saying is, like, some people look at the future and say, what? Whereas I look at the foot and I go, huh? Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. what Bobby Kennedy said. I'm saying that there are people out there who are thinking outside the bun. Yes, and, like, are. you could be on the right side of history or you're the wrong side of the foot, is my well, concern.
0: I was, I, I was at a Pretty soon it's going to be
1: normal. That's going to be like fuzzy dice. Pretty soon everybody's going to have a fuckable foot and they're not going to be eating any meat.
0: A fuckable foot hanging from their rearview mirror? Not in a car, they're not. No, they're not. Nope. No, that's right, because it's self-driving cars everywhere. Well, no, there's not
1: going to be cars, John. You certainly can't drive a cow. You're not Mongo. You're not going to be like driving steer around Sacramento.
0: I was at a seafood restaurant two nights ago, and Mm -hmm. there was a service dog there, a a beautiful Akita uh, service dog with its tail, you know, curly tail in the back. And uh, the service dog was, was very attentive, standing at attention. And it was unclear what the, what the two people that had the service dog what – what service the dog was providing. <laughs> but, um, but you, know, halfway, you know, Amazon just sells those little vests. Yeah. Halfway through the meal, <clears throat> um, they started to serve uh, – they started to – I'm sorry. Yeah, serve uh, uh, little clams and uh, saucy bits. To the service dog, and then the service dog would lick the person's <laughs> oh, hand clean, and then they would, oh, then they would no. that's the and service. get something else, and they would they would serve it to the this dog. Is my, and the dog, dog would... my dog napkin, and I love him very much. Now, as you know, it was not that long ago. Just, I don't know how long ago it was that that would have been like what oh. is happening, but now that is so ah. Oh. So normal compared to what some ah. people expect their dog is going to be able to do. The fact that the service dog wasn't standing on the table was, <laughs> in my estimation, like a like an improvement over what was possible. <laughs> That's called table service. And I realized, yeah. <laughs> I realized uh-huh. that this is an example of a thing that yes. like you're never going to put that back in the barn.
1: Oh my gosh! And like again, like only you could hear this and appreciate this. But like we're not we <laughs> in my, in our lifetime. We're in modern times like i'm talking about like like ever since even the, during the time i've just been old it was not okay to just walk around with a dog mm-mm, mm-mm. you couldn't just bring a dog everywhere
0: no no, no. you would be, I mean, you I was, would oh, be arrested anywhere days, you went four days ago i was uh, i was in a mexican restaurant i eat in a lot of restaurants i was in a mexican restaurant it was cold outside there's a line of people because it's a popular place line of people outside you know kind of waiting for their table uh-huh and a guy rolls up with a dog like a full dog, a full dog, not not like a, one of these pretend dogs, but like a full on dog, like, like a, a bug, dog
1: shaped, like a, normal normal sized dog, like a golden retriever.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, the dog does not have a vest on of any kind, no hat, no no. <laughs> even, you don't even need to bother at this. No point. No adornment, no Christmas ornament no. tied to its tail. <laughs> please he, please don't please don't
1: pet me. I'm a service animal.
0: And he, the guy probably a had a vest. I have a vest. He probably had a Patagonia vest because that's formal wear here in the Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and they just uh, in they came and, and they they'd been waiting for their table I they guess They the gone Tacoma around the block. tuxedo <laughs> they do they do Pat, Patagonia top and bottoms. That's funny John Tacoma tuxedo isn't a that tuc- kind of funny a, a Tacoma tuxedo All Well right. what did we call it? no I guess Canadian tuxedo Canadian tuxedo
1: that's that's yeah. that uh, you and you and uh, you and Ken Stringfellow used to do that you, you'd wear yeah. the jean my my, my my lady friend calls it a Jean Jean look but yeah. you're telling me you just roll up with a dog you don't even need. The implicit social apology of a fake patch.
0: Up here, no. And I was looking at the guy, because I was, I was sitting at the bar with my little girl waiting for our table. And mm. I was looking at him as he walked up, and I was like, I bet you that guy's coming in here with that dog. And I bet you there's nothing you could say uh-uh. to him that would, that, uh, that would cause him to reconsider. It's not his first day. He's had to be, he's had to be fake offended about this lots of times before and the the owners of the restaurant and the management of the restaurant have long ago succumbed yeah and and for them and the and then i i played this whole scenario out i was like uh, let's say i was the manager of this place and he walked up and i was like i'm sorry sir but we don't accommodate full grown dogs in our <laughs> very crowded Mexican restaurant that people are waiting twenty minutes to get it.
1: Uh, to. Right. Are there other other animals where it's just okay to carry them everywhere?
0: Yeah, we do. You know, I know that you want to put your two <laughs> guinea pigs on the table during dinner, but we don't. We don't accommodate right. that here. Thank you very much. Come back another time. And then imagining the Yelp review that he would oh, write, and the campaign it. that would happen over at the PetSmart. Where people would say never eat there because they're haters of dogs. Oh, well, it's they worse want, than that. They're ableist to towards to able to dogs. They're ableist towards dogs. Yeah. And then, and I and I played it out, and I realized if I was the man, first of all, this is why I do not manage a restaurant. Mm-hmm. One of the many reasons.
1: Because but, because you you would feel bad about that, or because you'd like it too much.
0: No, because I would because I would lose my because I'm not cool, calm, and collected. Uh. The manager of this restaurant has. Obviously oh, oh, you're saying that, that's the
1: kind of job where it's good to be, if I could coin a word,
0: unflappable. Unflappable. Yeah. And they've decided, you know what? It's just not worth it. Having, a, having an animal that licks its own butthole in my restaurant is easier <laughs> than dealing with the fallout from saying, we would prefer you not serve your animal clams from the table. <laughs> and have your dog licking. It's like it wasn't praying.
1: that long ago. It was literally a law.
0: It was, it was, it was and, literally
1: and like, a law. You cannot just bring an animal for whom you have purchased a vest for two day delivery. You yeah. can't just or even in this case, can you at least even pretend that you need this dog for some kind of a reason? You can even, even say pe- it's for to put your drink on.
0: Even if you do, I don't, you know, I don't, I I mean, but then somebody's going to say, well, it wasn't that long ago that you couldn't have Irish people in a restaurant. I'm going to go, well, all right. A dog is not an Irish person. Virginia
1: versus loving. That's right. Mm -hmm.
0: Virginia versus loving. Yeah, I subscribe to her OnlyFans.
1: (laughs) But, uh, but no, I Um, realize. John, hang on. (laughs) Thank you.
0: (laughs) This episode of
1: Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com supertrain. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website and engage with your audience and sell anything, whether that's your products, the content that you create, uh, even your own time. Uh, so much you can do with Squarespace. You can create a community on your very own Squarespace site with a fully integrated commenting system that supports threaded comments, replies, and likes. And you can use Squarespace's powerful blogging tools to categorize, share, and schedule your posts. All Squarespace sites are optimized for mobile, so they look great right out of the box. Uh, Your your content will automatically adjust to whatever template you choose. Uh, Your site looks great on any device or dingus. And maybe you want to save time on cross-posting. Well, you can. Built right in because Squarespace can auto-post your stuff to Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, uh, personal or brand pages. All post entries and images are optimized and tagged, so descriptions and titles will be correct uh, wherever you are posting. I'm a big fan of Squarespace, and uh, and you're using Squarespace right now because that, of course, is where we host the Roderick on the Line podcast. Uh, they've been great to me, and they're going to be great to you. So head on over to squarespace.com/supertrain, get yourself a free trial with no credit card required, and when you're ready to launch, use our very special offer code Supertrain. That's going to save you 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Once again, squarespace.com slash offer code super train for 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick on and all the great shows. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about Virginia V. Loving. Yeah, she's <laughs> has a place out by the airport. She's yeah. amazing.
0: Mm. And she makes great espresso. Oh, so good. Goes right through. But oh. I realized that ship has sailed and I'm still standing on the shore and I'm still going like, Arr! and now I'm man yelling at clouds, which I've clearly been for uh, 15 years, man yelling at clouds. Yeah, yeah. And I'm that. And, but there's never, that's never coming back. Right. There's never going to be a time when, when, um, it's only going to be a thing where, uh, where my great, great grandchild is going to listen to this and they're going to say, what a dinosaur, what a, what a monster, what a monster. <laughs> That he would suggest that our animal friends aren't our dinner companions as well, and our that's why I I mean I didn't I'm just to be super clear. Our sex feet.
1: I'm not. I'm yeah. Or okay. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Let's bracket this for a second. (laughs) Now listen. Just to be clear, I'm making a crack here. I'm not saying that owning a dog is like miscegenation.
0: No. No. (laughs) No. 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 We are not. No, no, I didn't even. I didn't even say Kaushwitz.
1: That you're, you misheard it. I miss. I think I miss. I miss. I misapprehended uh, uh, that. But it's. Gosh, uh, I agree with you. I would not have the stomach to do that. I think retail is difficult to begin with, and mm-hmm. I think to, you know mm-hmm. serving the public is very Ugh. difficult. But it's. It's also. It's. Just, I don't know. It's just. It's just kind of weird how like the the stuff that the sort of as you say you can't you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube you can't get the genie um back in the bottle but you do there is this thing where it's like. <sighs> you know, I don't know. You know what? I'm not going to say anything. You know, yeah, John, no, no. I already self-canceled. I self-canceled uh, a little bit. You did uh, yeah, recently? Self- yeah, self-canceled recently. Where I talked about a celebrity, uh, uh, literally a celebrity cruise that I went on once. <clears throat> yeah. And um, I described it to a friend of mine as being what I called a grievance vacation, where <laughs> where and I don't say that phrase publicly because it's true. And yeah. if you say true things publicly too often, people get mad at you. Sure. but but, but, without being going into too much detail, because i I have a feeling I think you might have been in the same place I was at mm, physically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on the clues for celebrities. But um, basically, anybody was allowed to complain about anything, and mm-hmm. you not only weren't allowed to roll your eyes about it, but you were supposed to get a 1,000% Nordstrom snow tire about it, mm-hmm. and like, no matter what anybody said, you were supposed to agree it's the biggest problem in the world. Mm-hmm, 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 but now, now the thing is with that, the reason I mentioned that and why I'm getting canceled for that, <clears throat> things like saying the showers aren't large enough. But the point being, that's the kind of thing where, well, you know, sorry, I don't really control the size of the showers. That's not a <laughs> thing that I control. But you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, and I guess I just wonder. Like I think we are. I'm gonna I'm gonna use an ugly, ugly word, John. I think we are old fogies. Mm. I just don't think it's going to be hard for us to keep up with the pace of change.
0: It's a little ageist, but yeah.
1: Oh, it is a little ageist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But like you know, maybe restaurants just aren't for us anymore. Maybe it's for the dogs now, and their companions.
0: So the the other day, <clears throat> you know, my my kid is now we're we're looking at junior highs. Uh huh. And the junior highs uh, – we, and we, we spent a lot of time uh, – her mother and I spent a lot of time up in fantasy land. Uh, oh, maybe we'll send her to the junior high in Tacoma that costs $35,000 a year where uh, – Yeah, uh, that'll know, be worth it. Yeah, where they walk around with dictionaries balanced on their heads. Or oh, you know get, what
1: – every kid gets a free geode. It's a, That's right. It's, really, it's a good program. <laughs>
0: Then, uh, oh, no, 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 maybe what maybe what we'll do is we'll move to England for two years and we'll send her to like a Hogwartsy place where she can cosplay like an English girl, wear a uniform. Oh, a um, dangerous boarding school. Yeah, and, and in <laughs> fact, those places are a lot less expensive than the place here in Tacoma that teaches you the same stuff. And maybe we'd have fun living in England for two years, lol. And then we said, ah, maybe we'll just send her to the Catholic school right up the road here. <laughs> And uh but and you know what the Catholic school will give you? It depends on who
1: you want beating your children.
0: They'll give you a huge hmm. discount if you go to church every Sunday. They have like somebody that stands at the door with a clipboard and if you're in church every Sunday, they give you like forty percent off. Oh you get like a voucher or something? Yeah. And we're like mm, that hmm. doesn't seem and what's happened is we didn't do... Wait, I'm sorry, John. So wait, it's like, you know, they
1: talk, talk about like a Walmart or Costco, what they call loss leaders, which yeah. is like, we're going to charge less than it costs us for uh, peanut M&Ms, put them on this end cap. And that's because we really want you to buy these $4 Levi's. I don't know how business works. Yes, is it something right. there Basically. where they're like, look, we're going to eat it on education costs because these nuns scale up really well. We could scale up nuns to teach. But what we really need, the things we need to get some more Christians on the books. And I think, and we'll eat the
0: cost of that. None wise. I think that they are savvy enough to know that they're not going to actually convert very many uh, people to Catholicism. But what they're saying is, if it's you're, especially when a Catholic, there's money involved, that yeah. seems to introduce a certain extrinsic value to it. But it does it does like it is a sort of like Catholics to the front of the line kind of kind of thing. Like, oh hello and the, the Oh sure. You
1: know. Oh I see what you're saying. I see what you're like the this is your uh what do they call it? Like Ambassadors Club, thank you for your service, mm-hmm. one exactly. million milers. Exactly. It's That's boarding exactly. it's a boarding order type situation.
0: Yeah. But what happened was we did not take action on any of those big ideas. We did not uh, actually start looking for a house in Santiago, Chile. Hmm. We didn't, uh, we're not moving to Japan. Oh. What's happening is the year is halfway through and next year she's going to be in seventh grade. And we're now saying, we'll just send her to the public school uh-huh. and the public school, uh, in our neighborhood, the junior high does not have a super high rating on Yelp. There are a lot of conflicting Yelp reviews um, so I think I think you're allowed to feed your dog. You're allowed to bring your dog to class. I don't You'll bring I'm not your dog sure to
1: class, but dump, uh, dumplings were a headline. Dumplings were cold. Bachelorette party <laughs>
0: ruined. One star and, for seventh grade. You know, and 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 I went to a junior high like that, and I was trying to figure out if I could avoid sending her to one that was just like she's going from a class that has forty kids in it, and that's fourth, fifth, sixth to a school that has 2,000 kids. on the kids prairie? Yeah, we're on the prairie out okay. here. Okay. Uh, and so I was like, how, how am I going to help her Yeah, navigate this? And so I was talking to her the other day and I said, there were two books that helped me a lot. Uh, I, I read them both when I was older than you and so they may not make sense to you exactly. I'm going to describe them to you and you can decide if you want to read them or not. <clears throat> One of them, that I read in high school was "How to Win Friends and Influence People" by Norman Vincent Peale. And she was like, Ugh, um, "Okay, hey, uh, Dale yep. Carnegie." Oh, is that Dale Carnegie? Yeah, who wrote? Who wrote? uh, What did Norman Vincent Peale write? He wrote "The Power of Positive Thinking." Oh, the Power of Positive Thinking. I read that one too. I'm just trying to save you some email. Thank John, you. Don't John, send me John. Email.
1: John, we had hardcover copies of both <laughs> in my
0: house. It's Dale Carnegie. I don't who, know who, wrote, one guy's, who.
1: One guy's a Scottish steel guy, and the other guy's a, a Scottish advice guy. They might be Scott, the same Scott. guy.
0: Yeah, they're the same guy. You know, there's a statue of Norman Vincent Peale in, uh, in front of his church in uh, in New York City. The one that the that Trump, I, that's the one that the Trump family went to. Oh, is that right? That's the Trump family's home church. Oh, I didn't know. You, you know so much more about this than I do. Oh no, I, I'm
1: sorry. I wasn't trying to. Uh, no, no, trying no, no. to I wisdom. I wasn't do. trying to wisdom block you. I love that. you do. The but what's interesting is like just to, and just to, like the power of positive thinking like was a book and an ethos that shot through my entire childhood. That was and just I just in passing, the reason I would know that is for example, the charismatic Christian ministry that my mom ma- my grandmother followed in the eighties was a woman named Catherine Kuhlman, who huh. you might have heard of if you search for K-U-H-L-M-A-N. And her whole thing was so normally appeal was positive thinking. Not too much later, Catherine Kuhlman's thing was um Miracles, like believe in the power of miracles, oh. and really, <clears throat> it's got a huge. I, I mean, I haven't followed the trades, but I'm pretty sure that had a big role in what would become stuff like The Secret. Yes, yes, and because they're and they're all kind of. I don't want to say cut from the same cloth. I, if it works for you, that's great. But they all kind of based on this idea of like you. <clears throat> like if you and God together have agency in like how this is going to work out. You are not just a an unwilling participant in life, but the way that you perceive life, and then uh, to use a more recent term, manifest the change you would like to see in the world. Yes. Like that, you will you will fu- you will get the things you want. This is very adjacent, obviously, to Protestant Christianity. Well, mostly Protestant Christianity, especially well, and door to door sales. And sales. No, no yeah. I'm not even joking. Like, it's this. then this gets right into, like, a third book that was in my house, which is a guy, um, a guy named Zig Ziglar. I, know, I remember Zig Ziglar. And he wrote a book called See You at the Top. And he oh. is the guy, if he serves, he's the guy who invented the round
0: to it. What's the round to it?
1: Oh. You oh, you're going to get around to it? Yeah. <laughs> and know. so you go see Zig Ziglar, and you get this little, uh, this little, uh, this little token, this little coin it's uh-huh. called a round to it. And now you never have an excuse again because now you've got around to it. Uh you got around to it. Now, if you're the sort of person that finds that sort of thought technology persuasive, <laughs> mm-hmm. we have mm-hmm. three books in our house. And, oh, we also have an atlas and a book
0: about Cincinnati. Yeah. Oh, did you have, by any chance, a <laughs> farmer's almanac? <laughs>
1: I mean, we had an older one. We didn't buy it every year. <laughs> We're not made of money.
0: <laughs> well, so so I say to her, you know. I'm I, sorry. I, mean, I did not mean to derail that. No, no, no. The, yeah, that yeah, that was a perfect. Uh, what you said was perfect because you, uh, uh, this was what I was trying to get. It's at. Happened into a vein, John. There's a vein here. A vein. There's
1: a vein for sure.
0: And, and I'm, I was just trying to say to her, like, there are habits of the mind. You can you can uh, make uh, lemonade out of lemons. You can you know we're always working on this. Like, how do you uh, how do you look at swim practice not as a drag but as an opportunity to uh, challenge oneself and and i and i've noticed in our culture now challenging oneself is out of vogue um you know we've talked about it a lot on this program like uh, mm. uh, 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 we do not admire or i do not admire uh, people who cannot experience some discomfort right mm. and and challenging oneself is part of that and i and so uh, how to win friends and influence people uh, adjacent to that but like there are techniques that will allow you to Approach social interactions. Oh, absolutely. And and just bring a different mind to it, you know? That book, book,
1: you can use that, and I think it could be argued by certain people in this world that you wouldn't have shit like neurolinguistic programming as – as sexual assaulty guys think of it uh, or, you know, the pickup, pickup artist kind of stuff that's cut from a similar cloth to that of like, I know how you process information, other person. And that enables me to know not just like what things to say, that's your quote unquote love language, but to know with what we, uh, what they like to think they understand about neuro linguistic programming that I know just the way oh I've invented this thing called nagging where I'm mean to a girl and now she wants to sire my children.
0: And this is the danger of all that stuff that it can be weaponized. Absolutely. And and whereas it to her is about just it. nice
1: to learn people's names. I wish I were better at learning people's names. Dale Carnegie says that's the most precious sound in the world to somebody is their name. Genuinely, genuinely learn to to, to get an interest in other people. That's exactly that's actually really good advice. Anybody who's 11-10 years old could be taught that and learn a lot from that.
0: My mom said to me, uh, not very long ago, she said, "You changed my life." She said this to me, her son. You changed my life one time a long time ago because I was saying, "I hate parties. I hate going to parties. I always, I never know what to say. I'm, I'm always awkward. I've spent my whole life uh, not wanting to go to parties because I'm awkward." And you said to me, son, mom, just ask people questions about themselves. Uh, you, you, you hear people all the time say, I went to that party and uh, and no one ever asked me a single question about myself. Right. And the thing is, you don't care. You don't care if anybody learns anything about you. Who cares? You don't know these people. You're never going to well, meet I mean, them again. Well,
1: I mean, it's really it's, – this is, this is something covered in <clears> – <throat> pardon me this is something covered from various different angles in my little wisdom document project, but I, I feel like there's, you're getting at something, at least I, I believe, which is when people say things like, oh, I hate small talk. I hate parties. I don't like talking to people. I'm like, oh, I'm nervous. I'm socially anxious. I'm like, well, no, you, you might have social anxiety. Those are all real things. But if, if, you ha- if you had that, and despite having it, decided to fucking do something about it, one thing that you could do is to stop th- focusing on how you feel right now and how yeah. anxious you feel right now and instead become do become very genuinely interested in another person and and when you're talking to someone just to tile this together at least from my point of view yes like like you're like you said with your mom when you're interested in someone you ask them questions and right. you say and- things like so when did that happen and how did that feel and then was that as crazy as it sounded that kind of you can like you will get interested In another person, but it starts with you being incredibly less incredibly fascinated with your own discomfort because no one cares.
0: 90% of my education is a result of standing around asking questions of people that I wasn't really interested in when I started talking to them.
1: No, it it
0: did not used to be optional. You were going to go do this thing. And you had to be at
1: this place and be around these people and you didn't get to pick where you sat and any of that stuff. I'm not saying that's good, bad or indifferent. I'm not saying that's what we should go back to, but we didn't have any choice but to get interested in things we didn't
0: care about. Or you could could be like my mom was, like, get me out of here. Anyway, she said, I, I said that to her just offhand one time. Just ask questions to people. You don't care if they ever ask you a question in return, because all you're trying to do is get through this party and have it be A, not bad, and B, maybe good. And you're just you're just doing the
1: most, like, it's, it's silly to have to say this to adults, but like you wouldn't think it's weird that, you know, monkeys find or chimps find a way to like socialize and, and if they've never seen each other, they figure each other out. Well, chimps can do that. Yeah. When you're a human being, small just talk is a way- put your
0: finger in the person. Butt and smell it, and then they smell your butt, right? And then they they pick some fleas off of you, and then
1: Mm -hmm. you give each other a bonobo handy. That's Mm -hmm. what they call it. But you, but you, but you. you, you All you're doing is. When you do things like ask people questions, if you want it to be real Margaret Mead about this, I think what you're ultimately kind of doing is saying, like, I'm I'm safe and I'm not going to be too weird. That's like, it. I'm, you're negotiating, like, you're b- being decent and civil to other people. If two people are decent and civil to each other, they have a lot of options for what to pursue in that 10 seconds to 20 minutes of a relationship. But if yeah. you go into it with this, like, you know, with, with having a puss on <laughs> – And as my my family used to say, that's not going to turn out great. If you're both interested in each other, then you'll find plenty to talk about or not talk about, and
0: it won't be weird. And you have to communicate to the person a little bit. Like, I'm not asking you these questions because I'm trying to A, sell you something, or B, weaponize this as a way of negging you to get you to sleep with me. I'm just curious (laughs) about your life as a bus driver. Tell me more. And there's a weird thing in our culture now, and this has always been – there's always been somebody – there's always been some John Bircher that thinks that the FBI is listening to them through their shoes. But if you go to somebody and say like, oh, tell me what you do, there's – you're going to meet people that are like, why? Why do you want to know? And fuck those people. But 98% of the people are like, what do I do? Oh, let me tell you about my latest you know, trip to wherever. Right. And then the cocktail or, or party, or the opposite, where like, uh, the, the, yeah, but the problem is the opposite here anyway, and in
1: other places. But the whole like, you at a maybe it's just because of like where I am in the social strata. But mm. like, I tend to encounter I do when I'm outside of just like my my regular old dumb Chinese neighborhood. I encounter a lot of people who are like kind of wanting to like gently jostle about status all oh, the time, yeah, sure, sure. which which I have trouble participating in. Maybe in the same way that your mom used to find it difficult to participate in mm-hmm. things. Where I'm like, look. This this is, not, this is not fun and it's not healthy, it's not wholesome. Like, I don't want to speak in code about what house we could afford.
0: Well, and this is the thing about not wanting my daughter to see these things as potential weapons. Yes. Because you don't want to sit and listen to somebody rattle on about their status as a way of, you know, of, like, getting info on them. Uh, you're just trying to, like, make junior high not so, like, brutal by, by understanding a couple of things. Well, she, I say, I mentioned this book, and she doesn't look very interested in it. And I, <laughs> <Really>? said, <laughs> I said, maybe that's not until you've, expe- maybe you have to be through junior high and have suffered all those injuries before you say, let me go back to that book about winning friends and influencing people. But then I said, the other book that I really got a lot out of was Judith Martin's, a uh, Miss Manner's Guide to Excruciatingly Correct Behavior. Mm-hmm. And I said, it's basically an Emily Post uh, uh, etiquette guide, except updated to uh, modern, slash, by which I mean 1980 sensibilities. <laughs> Judas Martin's very smart, very sarcastic, uh, very proper. And my kid's eyes lit up. And she was like, what is this? And I was like, well, it's a book that any social – uh, situation. Judith Martin is going to tell you the correct etiquette for uh, handling that situation, and she was like, "Get me this book." And I saw in her eyes <clears throat> her desire wow. to know that information absolutely in order to weaponize it. <laughs> and I said, "Slow down, slow down." Now, what you? It's find- like in
1: the Crown when Olivia Coleman keeps saying about um, about Margaret Thatcher. Have we given them a protocol sheet? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if it, like, it becomes a running bit. Like, yeah. hmm, I wonder what they're doing. I don't like what they're doing. Have we given them a protocol sheet? <laughs> <And> <laughs> she I've, brought the wrong shoes.
0: You remember <laughs> it, about that age, right? Fifth or sixth grade when uh, kids started to learn grammar and certain kids would correct your grammar. And then you'd have those kids that corrected your grammar improperly. Like, they understood the first level of the rule but not the second level. Ugh. and. And then there are some people that never get out, never grow out of correcting other people's grammar. And (laughs) she's at that stage where she's just like she wants desperately to know what the rules are Mm -hmm. because she wants to get everybody else in compliance. And I said, listen, the most important lesson that Judith Martin teaches is here are the rules. But the number one rule is never correct someone else. The
1: etiquette, etiquette, um, you know, I guess if you're going to be cute about it, I've never thought about this distinction. But I guess, you know, manners versus etiquette. Manners are the way that I, you know, try to conduct myself and express character. And etiquette is, as we've stipulated, I think previously, etiquette is about having everybody know a set of rules, not to make them feel bad and awkward and out of place, but to make people comfortable with knowing. Yeah. And it doesn't, I mean, like... There are ample bits about this, whether it's in Our, Our Flag Means Death or Mitchell and Webb. There's lots of uh, outside of the U.S. opportunities to show how you can express class aggression on people with things like, oh, that's, that's the wrong Angostura bitters fork. And you're like, there's an Angostura bitters fork, and you're like, well, if you have to know, you can't have to ask. You can't afford it.
0: It's in your family silver. Go look.
1: No, yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. You work from the outside in, except for this new, this third, this Z dimension we're telling about. You have to move from the, you know, like all, all these ways that you can, like you say, like like weaponize that for people. Yeah. And, for, and just just to be clear in passing, I, I I I I my bit is already falling apart because as it happens, we did have more than those books at yeah, sure. my house. We also had a Norman a book of Norman Rockwell paintings, and John. That's we nice. had a book by who were the two biggies? He had Emily Post and uh, was it Amy, Amy Vanderbilt? Hmm, I think I, I think it might have been, Amy, but whatever one came out in the fifties or early sixties that the, whose edition my family had, it had um, little spot line drawings by a young Andy Warhol in it.
0: Oh, that's one I'm going to go
1: look up. But and why, see how if I do can I know buy that? It. How do I know that, John? <laughs> because I poured over that book. F- For so long, the proper way to make a hospital corner, the the correct way to like write a thank you note, like every single the way to prepare a guest room. I studied all of that. I had no cause really to know any of that, but I wanted to be ready to be the fanciest lad in the room. Well,
0: in military school, you probably put hospital corners on your beds, didn't you?
1: Yes, that was that was a little after this. This would this would be a couple years before that.
0: Well, yeah, and that, that that's right, where- John. I was really into.
1: To be, if you must know, if you're going to humiliate me on your show, <laughs> yes, I was obsessed with two things: Star Wars and etiquette. <laughs>
0: Yes, there that was it my, is.
1: that was my 1978. I didn't even know about Russ Never Sleeps.
0: What's crazy is it's 2023, and those are the two things my daughter cares about: Star Wars and Oh Etiquette. Hakuna Matata. Turn, turn, turn. Yeah. And what I loved about about Judith Martin was she taught you all that stuff. There are chapters in her book about uh, about a coming out party. You know, she tells mm-hmm. you how to do a, a proper bat mitzvah, but she also just hammers on this idea, like. What is the correct way to get someone to stop using the wrong Angostura bitters fork? There is no correct <laughs> way to get someone to stop doing that. Like you do not correct other people. This, is, you, this book and these rules are to teach you to keep your thumb out of the soup in order that you feel comfortable at a party. It, if, if, you, if the person next to you puts their thumb in the soup – that is not a thing that you have any <laughs> you are now You are now obligated to do it as well, to put that and in I, That's right. And I really hope that, that – because we sat down with the Guide to Excruciating Behavior and she wanted me to read it aloud to her. And so I was, re, you know, I was just thumbing through, just picking I out – I did that
1: with the elements of style and no one ever likes it. Oh, so she gave me. Do not she,
0: say that you are nauseated unless you are certain you have this effect upon others. Oh, there was one. She was like, so she got into an art. Somebody wrote her and was like, are they curtains or drapes? And she was like, they are always curtains, never drapes. And then somebody wrote in and was like, um, uh, actually, and gave her some curtains drapes argument. And she was like, yes, you're talking about what, uh, what they're described in the decorating trades. But one never talks about drapes within the home and, and it was why? like well, i have no idea but i was reading this it's, aloud. i would love to know why and she was like why and i'm like this was this was written in 1980 and i don't know why and maybe it's gone forever maybe that is something lost to time well, and
1: it's a, it reminds me almost of the uh, i think what you and i have joked about the monty python sketch with good woody words mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. she likes woody words so she doesn't want to hear tinny words yeah it almost has that feeling of like is it just the way drapes does it sound bad are Don't you not know. supposed? tiny
0: it, maybe it's too <laughs> genital you know too, i well yeah like a, like yeah. a wizard's sleeve yeah but i you know i know that there are people listening to the show right now who are wearing their tennessee tuxedo by which i mean a uh, mismatched love him. i loved him mismatched sweats and uh, they've got three collies sitting on their lap, and they're feeding them clams, and they're saying the fact that we the fact that we don't do these things anymore is great. It's more democratic. It's uh, it's more lip. It's free. It's not classist. It's not racist. It's not sexist. And all those rules and all that are part of an ancient. Everything's just okay now, John. Everything's privilege. everything.
1: Words don't mean anything. Dogs That's eat right.
0: clams. And why do why do John and Merlin constantly sit and talk about how you shouldn't? You <laughs> because we never want anyone,
1: we never want anyone to have any fun or
0: human rights ever. Right. It, what it is is unexamined privilege. But Ugh. I, but we, uh, but I, f- I firmly believe that that the ship has sailed on a lot of that stuff. But Man. I, uh, but I also, I mean, i and I, frankly, I am looking forward to the first president that wears sweats uh, to a press conference. Oh, John Fetterman, uh, can you see that? You think? Oh, yeah, yeah. Fetterman in sweats at the. At the White when he, House, when he
1: had to wear the poor guy, when he had had a stroke and he had to be in the debate, and it, it looked like some, he was wearing a suit that someone had shot at him from like a t-shirt cannon. It was did not you read? A good look.
0: Did you read all the uh, all the comments about Zelensky arriving in his like technical? No, uh, no. He's got you know he decided because he does his a, like cosplay army thing. Yeah, right? at the beginning of the war, he was like, "I'm not going to wear a tie until every inch of of Ukraine is free," and so he wears this. You know, I, I kind of wish that he actually wore like some actually sort of vaguely Stalinist. Yeah, I know what you want. I, I think you wanted
1: him to blouse. I think you wanted yeah. to blouse his boots, and I think you wanted to have a beret. Yes, probably thank you. right, and
0: maybe like a, a uh tunic. But instead, oh. he's wearing Under Armour. He's got some Under Armour. Well, I was wearing.
1: Get remember, remember. I don't know why this is, John, and I've never even thought to ask you. But when you'd go to what used to be called Army, Army Navy stores or Army Navy gotcha. surplus stores, like where gotcha. I got the Henderson jacket, kind of place, right? Yes. Remember, all this, there's all this stuff from West Germany. Oh, yeah. There would be all this stuff. There was that one popular kind of like green jacket everybody had that had like a German flag on it. Sure, sure, sure. You know, and for some reason you could also, you could always buy those like um, Tabi shoes, like ninja shoes there. Mm -hmm. And you Mm -hmm. could always buy a beret and you could always get like a small bag that couldn't hold very much. There were certain kinds of things that must have been surplus from like West German Those were gas
0: mask bags. Those bags that everybody carried around. Oh, really? Yeah, they were German gas mask bags. That looks like that's where he got his clothes. Well, I I think Lensky bought his clothes at those in the 80s. That whole German jacket thing actually came up in the in the uh, Ukraine war because somebody took a picture of a bunch of people standing around, you know, out on the front lines. And they said, look, it's you know, it's proof that Germany has sent all their troops to fight the war. And (laughs) Ah. somebody else was like, you can buy those jackets anywhere. (laughs) That's like taking
1: a photo of a kid in Africa wearing the shirt of whoever lost the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, obviously these
1: are Denver fans or whatever. You're like, no, that's just where they dump shirts nobody needs.
0: Yeah, and somebody else was like, actually, those are West German jackets. I don't think the West Germans are sending a ton of army people. In this essay, I will dot dot dot. But what I what I so she and I sat and discussed this, and just
1: can we do? Can we go back to one? Let's reset to one for a second here. So what what you're just because I've lost the thread a little bit. I need to refill my iced tea. I'm not totally uh, 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 on top of this. Okay, so what happened was your mm-hmm. kid is going to eventually need to go to a, a junior high or, or a junior high as we called it or today they call it middle school. Your kid's mm-hmm. got to go somewhere. Yeah, that's right. And we're talking about some uh, thought technologies for easing the way into this next transitional period of life, including things like a book about etiquette, which has interested your child.
0: Yes, and you know my plan was always to eliminate junior high entirely. I was gonna cut trail. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I was gonna buy a jeep in San Diego. Yeah. Uh, and and for twenty five hundred dollars or less. Deliber- and deliberately,
1: was, a little bit broken, or it was yeah. gonna
0: break soon, right? Because you don't want somebody jacking it. You want a you want a mm. shitty jeep. And, and then you dry, was it dry tortugas? No, where are you going to? Then my child and I were going to drive all the way down. Uh, well, we were going to get to the Darien Gap. We were going to take the jeep on a boat around the swamp. And then we're going to head all the way down to Tierra del Fuego yes. in the Jeep. And then we were going to come back and we were going to fix the Jeep as we went. And we were going to learn Spanish. And this was how we were going to spend middle school. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I've discovered is the closer we get to that uh, sneaks, jumping off point. It really sneaks up on you, doesn't it? It does. And no one else in my family is even remotely interested in, in backing you've been, me you, you, in you've this been, project.
1: Have you been kind of sort, sort of soft-pitching this oh, gently for, for years? sure. In fact, okay. the... The whole uh, the time is coming near. You're going to need to really uh, whatever whatever you do, your carvana or you bring a trailer or whatever. You're going to need to, re- I mean, to get the right jeep where you don't die, but also don't succeed too easily. You might need to get three or four different jeeps and kind of have them on standby. The, and that the, needs to happen
0: soon, is what I'm saying, John. The issue though is not the is not the jeep. It turns out. Oh, the, the issue is that. Um, that there, that there needs to be buy-in, uh, because you cannot just... From, from the uh, stakeholders? Yeah. You yeah. cannot just take the child and uh, you cannot kidnap her and yeah. tie her to a Jeep, well, right? You have to have buy-in, Yeah, not just from the child, There's probably some but forms. from her mother, and, mother and my The mother,
1: forms, yeah.
0: Everybody has to be in on it. And what I discovered the other day was that, uh, what, what had happened was... <laughs> That during the pandemic, and I think this is—I think this is part of the culture at large. I feel like there are three. There are three zones. There's, um, there's uh, three zones to the way we spend our day and our week. There's the comfort zone. Ooh, Ooh
1: whoa, 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 whoa! Easy, text. This sounds like a big deal. What you're, what you're describing here.
0: Yeah. 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 There's okay, well, zone. I just want to make sure. Okay, I, I, I might need to write some things down here. Three okay. zones. Yeah, three zones. There's comfort zone, hmm. there's challenge zone, and there's danger zone. Okay. And uh, uh, the, 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 the road from comfort zone to danger zone is not a highway to the danger zone, uh-uh. but there are three zones to, uh, to how we decide to live our lives, how we decide to spend our day. And in the course of my regular life, up until the pandemic, Most of the time, most of the day I expected would be in the challenge zone because I'm somebody that, you know, as soon as I'm out of the house and dealing with other people, it is challenging. It's not, Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not dangerous. It's just like, I would, would I rather be home in the bathtub with a, with a meatball sandwich? Yes. Mm -hmm. And so anything where I'm out and i'm navigating the world and i'm having new experiences is in the challenge zone and that zone is broad and there are just the daily challenges of of being in the world but then there are bigger challenges that are in this family of like are you are you challenging yourself are you pushing yourself outside of like what you what, what the the sort of inertia or the the laziness that's inherent in all of us you know, are you going for it? When people say, hey, I'm doing this show in Tallahassee, are you willing to fly down for $500 to do a one-hour show with me at a roadhouse in Tallahassee? And it's a challenge. It's in the challenge zone and, and way out there to say, yeah, I'm going to fly down to do this. It's not going to make me any money, but I'm going to do this because this is part of what makes life you know, interesting and you never know what it's gonna lead to. All that stuff is in the challenge zone. And that's how I lived. I lived my whole life that way. Like somebody said, Do you want to go to a to a second location? Uh You know, I'm headed to Spokane, do you want to ride with me? It's five hours there. We'll spend the night, we'll come back tomorrow.
1: It's kinda like when people go through those phases, especially (coughs) in movies where they say, I'm gonna say yes to life. Say say yes to life. I mean, I, I know no, it's not this, exactly the same thing, but I think that's analogous to something we all go through, where maybe as a reaction to comfort, and for me, I mean, I really do enjoy comfort yes. um and i I despise inconvenience, which makes yes. me ill suited for challenge, as you know yes. but but but, but the point being like and it's not just about money it it's it's kind of maybe kind of about money, kind of about time, kind of also about placing a bet on like There's probably very few ways that this will go horribly wrong. It could go great, but mainly it's just something different. And it's vital that I keep encouraging myself to do things that are different than what I've done before and to not find myself saying no to over many things
0: because you never know, right? That's the who you want to be, yeah? It's a value. Ken, Ken Jennings was at the house the other day, and he oh, said, I like about, him. "Please tell him I said hello." He's a nice man, and he I said, really do. "I do
1: don't, don't, I don't know how to be slightly closer friends with him without being creepy, and it wouldn't really have any benefit for him." But please tell him I say hello, and if he ever wants to be my friend, I would be his friend.
0: I will. I, I'm sure he already don't thinks say that you to just
1: friend. everybody because I wouldn't want too many of those again. I could take a little bit of challenge, but I don't want to. I don't want to. to the danger zone.
0: No, no, no. You don't. You, you don't wake
1: care. up one day, you got too many friends. You know what I'm saying. <laughs>
0: But Ken said, "Hey, uh, I got uh, I got two tickets to this pro wrestling match. Do you want to go?" And I and I ran the numbers. The and I was that like, is oh, absolutely yes. Absolutely. Well, except yes. well, except here's the thing, right? Yeah, I yeah. yeah. Uh, Post pandemic, things are different. Ah, yes. And I yeah. and I said, "Well, uh, uh, I you know what? If you can get two more tickets for uh, my daughter and her mother, then yes." And oh, he my said,
1: God. I would love to see Ari go to a pro wrestling match.
0: He said, you know what? I'm Ken Jennings. And he went, beep, boop, 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 boop. And then he came back and he was like, I got, got, got us four tickets. <laughs> That's and his so, regular catchphrase now. You know what? I'm you know, Ken Jennings. I'm Ken Jennings. Let me just do a little. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. So I went upstairs and I said, hey, we're going to a pro wrestling match. And of course, everybody was like, huh? Yeah. But we were going to watch Adventure Time and eat, uh, eat Paschetti on the couch. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I know. But why don't we do this instead? And we went, we had a wonderful time, and we went backstage, and we oh, met the wrestlers. Oh, you're kidding. We, That's no. so cool. And it was something <sighs> that, you know, something that my daughter has now done that nobody else has done in the world. It's a in hell her, of a spectacle. You know, world. It's a wonderful thing. But it, it's what got me churning on this. Uh-huh. And I, I realized that during the pandemic, we all went into comfort zone. And comfort zone used to be a thing that you would seek As someone who was living most of their life in challenge zone, you would say, like, oh, I want to get to my comfort zone. This is something I know how to do. This This is Could could
1: that be something like a vacation or a day off?
0: Well, yes, but also just in the course of any day, Mm -hmm. when you get home and you close the door and you kick your shoes off and you turn on your favorite shows, you're in your comfort zone. But Mm -hmm. also at work, when somebody hands you something that you really know how to do and this is just what you're really good at that's your comfort zone. But when you're at work, you don't want your job to just be people handing you things that you absolutely know how to do with no sweat. You want your job, I think, to have a certain component of like, well, this is a challenge. This is hard. This is this is me trying to advance my career. This is me trying to get a raise, you know, this is you don't just want to be at 35 years old in a job where you can do everything effortlessly and then you just are there until you die. Right. You're always, you should always be pushing a little bit. So that comfort zone applies across the spectrum, right? If you're, if you're at a cocktail party and you are absolutely comfortable, you have no, uh, there's no sweat at all. Maybe you're not at the right cocktail party. You know, maybe you're, maybe you're slumming it now and you're just like, Hey, I got, I I know who my friends are and I never want to meet a new person. But during the pandemic, we were all forced into a posture where it was like, well, we're at home all day and we have food and we have our shows and we have our blankies and we were in our comfort zones a lot more of the day than we were in any kind of challenge zone because so many of the. Uh, the challenge zone doors were just closed. And at least around here, Mm -hmm. I noticed what that meant was we started to think that comfort zone was the norm and being anywhere out of comfort zone was not challenge zone. It was danger zone, Mm -hmm. And, you know, danger zone is, is an area is that part of the day when you're like, your heart is beating. You're like, what did I, what am I doing? I, I don't know how to do this. I can't get there. You know, like, well, who are these people? Like, that's the scary that you kind of don't want to be in that much. Right. Maybe every day, every week, you should have a little danger zone, you know. But danger zones, I mean, you didn't ask, but to
1: me, they're somewhat analogous to what I would call being busy, where it should be a time-limited – there should be well, – it's my belief, anyway, that being, quote-unquote, busy should be a time-delimited challenge that results from an earlier management error. It should not be how you uh, live. Right. It's one thing to be time constrained. Being time constrained is being an adult. Being busy you're only you're busy I mean, like I can't I would never in a million years say you're busy because it's your own fault but you're mostly busy because it's your own fault. <laughs> it's like if you took on too much, that's not on anybody, but you. you're you able to get a mortgage. Okay, but then that's my problem how? Like everybody's time constrained, but you're the one who tolerates how busy you are all the time. And it sounds like what you're saying is that like by dint of the fact that with, there was not much to be challenged by and also just a lot of big bad world out there, a lot of like, can we get hand sanitizer? It felt like we were really in this lock, when you say lockdown, not just lockdown as in don't go anywhere, but lockdown as in like uh, try to achieve some certainty in the short term because it may be a matter of at least health and illness, if not life and death. And and, 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 and then you don't get rid of that in one day just by going, hey, America's open again.
0: But a lot of us, if you recall, a a couple of months into the pandemic, Uh we were like, actually, this is pretty great. Mm -hmm. And I think what that was... was, I'm avoiding saying that because I think you're going
1: somewhere with your point. I didn't hate it at all.
0: Right, and and what it was was we all got a license to be in our comfort zone most of the time. We, Mm -hmm. you know, we 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 got our food. We got, and I mean, and and I know that I'm uh, I'm not reflecting the reality of people that had to continue to work cleaning hotel rooms during the pandemic. Um, But for but
1: for people who are independent and or knowledge
0: workers, we were we were. We so we defaulted to comfort zone because a lot of opportunities to challenge us weren't there and uh, and and I'm somebody that spent a lot more time in the danger zone in his young life uh, and because what I thought I was doing was pushing the border of what my comfort zone was like if I'm in the danger zone more and more then more and more dangerous things become normal to me and that m- makes me. Able to take on more adventure and see more of life because I'm not scared of my shadow. I'm not scared of riding a cross country bus. I'm not scared of eating food that I know is going to make me sick.
1: You know, like you've said things like, you know, one time, like when you didn't want to call your mom from Germany and say, <laughs> you know, you, you really didn't want to go like, okay, mommy, I'm at the end of my rope. Bring me home.
0: <laughs> yeah. Which, help.
1: Yeah, which, I, I, which I, would, I would have done from like a Boston airport before I left. But, right, isn't that kind of what you're talking about? It's yeah. like you're challenging yourself it's somewhere between training, but also like you have a personality where you, you, you need that. Like you really yeah. like to, you don't want to take the same route twice. You don't order the same thing twice. Like and there, there were, needs to be right, bumping right up against danger or you're not growing.
0: There were a lot of times when it was like, you know what, don't get in a car with a crack dealer and go somewhere that you don't have a way to get back from. That's not a good plan. What I realized about my kid was she's different than I am. And my desire to put myself in the danger zone, she doesn't share. And I don't want to be somebody that's like, we're going in the danger zone uh, because you got to learn. But but what I realized is the challenge zone is not the danger zone. And spending two, three years in comfort zone makes challenge zone seem like danger zone. Like, yeah. oh, we've got to go out. We've got to yeah. go. D- I don't want. ah Why do we have to? And the thing is, we don't. We could stay home and order food and watch TV. And trying to learn how to get back out uh-huh. is really, I'm finding it incredibly hard, not just For my crew, but for me, like, oh, is going to this wrestling match better than just watching TV and eating ice cream? Mm -hmm. Uh, Do I have to? And then realizing, like, actually, yes, actually, when it even when it's an option, being in the comfort zone is not normal. It's not where anyone it's not normal. That's not normal. Challenge zone is normal. Comfort zone is should be a portion of your day. It should be what you're, you know. It's absolutely where you can want to be, uh-huh. but it's not where mm-hmm. you. It shouldn't. We shouldn't ever think of it as, as the
1: baseline. So, the, but the challenge part <clears throat> necessarily entails a couple things, or at least one thing. So it it involves being outside of what you consider a comfortable environment. And or being around people in situations that you wouldn't necessarily consider a guarantee of comfort. It's not a way of saying I'm going jumping into the danger zone. It's a way of saying that, like be- between getting out of my nest and between being around people wh- where I don't have insurance about the outcomes, that forces me to to somewhat kind of stay alive.
0: I think for a lot grow, of us and growing. For a lot of us, putting our phone down on the table, walking over to the bookshelf that's probably in most people's houses and taking down a book and sitting in a chair and reading it is sufficient to be in challenge zone, right? Like just deciding not to look at your phone and deciding to actually read a paper book would be enough Mm -hmm. to put yourself in a place where it's like, ah, this is – so a stretch now and that, and it's and and it, maybe there's nothing intrinsic to reading a paper book. That's better than reading that book on your Kindle or, or looking at, at your phone all day. But just the act of doing it is the act of reminding yourself that, that you need to keep trying and keep doing things that aren't just the same. And, you know, Keep mm-hmm. keep reaching for the stars. Keep your feet on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, know. try something new. Try Ethiopian food. Try. Try. I guess it boils down to try. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and if, it's just that in another time, we were more sort of uh, compelled for various reasons. to. I, I, it's late in the show for me to, I'm not saying I disagree on this, but I, I have, a, uh, I have a, an angle on that that I think... Would be an interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I um I well one thing I see, and this actually might have nothing to do with it, what you're saying, but it feels similar. I think there was. Uh, you remember earlier I was talking about extrinsic versus intrinsic. Like, mm-hmm. are you doing these things like for some kind of? Is it more for your your own reasons or because you kind of have to sort of reasons? And I think that gets complicated because you say things like, oh, well, I have to go to this party because it's good for my job. Well, it's good for your job to go there tonight. Well, no, it's just that over time, the number of appearances one makes at faculty events does have an effect on how people look at you. So it's got a longer term benefit. I don't personally like going to parties, but I do feel like I need to go there. And if there, if nobody's there, and I'm the only one who's there, like I'll be remembered as the only person. That you know what I mean? There's Uh Uh that element of like professional development. There's a thing I very much see in myself, and I think I, I pretty much, I feel like might be happening with other people, which is that. And I'm gonna. The reason I think these are related is I do think they. You could peg both of these to something that changed during the pandemic, Um, but I mean, there's a lot of people. There are ways that people want to turn things in. Oh, it's quiet quitting. And people are doing this and nobody wants to work anymore. Nobody wants to go to work anymore. Nobody wants to do anything anymore. My POV on that is, and, and I think it's analogous, but not the same thing. It's not that people don't want to be unchallenged. Um, it's that people, I think, have for the first time in their life, and maybe for the first time in their whole life, if they're very young, they've been in a situation where a lot of things that were seen as load-bearing walls of American culture and society were suddenly a little more squishy. Like the whole work work from home thing is like a really good example of that. I'm not going to drag this out. But what I'm saying is I do think it it is important to challenge yourself, whatever that means for you. But I do think also a lot of people have said, look, I'm tired of having those levels set, maintained and enforced by other people through sometimes very specific sorts of threats and in some cases very kind of more like hegemonic, like in the air feelings of like, oh, if you don't come to this party, you won't be collegial, right? right. There are a lot of people who were like, listen, everybody, nobody at my job, there are people in my job who know that I'm gay, but I still have to like be this certain character and overlook this and do that and like do all these things where like I'm not really allowed to fully be who I am in this situation. And that could be I can't fully be who I am as a father, even. You know what I mean? I think there's situations where people are like you know I'm willing to be challenged and I'm willing to work hard and I'm willing to go places. What I'm feeling less inclined to do is let that bar that rule set. Uh, and that schedule of enforcement be given over to other people for sometimes very broadly defined benefits to me. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. I just want—I like—I do like the distinction though between, like, you know, like the same way I said, like, manners are what we do for ourselves that reflect character. Etiquette is what we do as a society to put each other at ease, hopefully. And in this one, I think there's this thing where I think a lot of people are like, "Well, I'm not just gonna sign on to everything with the same sort of rote." Um, just have that feeling of like, I've got to do this. I've got to go to this thing. I've got to do this thing. I've got to... And then when those accumulate to the level of like a 2021 style, wait a minute, so... Like I'm still being treated really badly by this company and I'm getting treated even worse. And plus, I've got to be on meetings all day and my kid, you know, and we have to keep two jobs going in our family and we're stuck in this tiny apartment in Brooklyn and it's something's got to give, you know? So I don't know. I do think that's interesting, but I think we're both getting at something deep, which is that you have to establish your own plumb line for, for what things like comfort and normal and challenge and all those things are, and there is a benefit to, especially as we get older, there's a benefit to gently pushing yourself to keep doing stuff that, you know, we're not just making a bigger hole in the couch.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I do come from a perspective where from the time I was 27, I've been, well, Jesus, from the time I was seven I've been trying to create a life where nobody could tell me what to do. So <laughs> so I succeeded in that a long time ago. And so I'm, it's completely alien to me <clears throat> to be anywhere where there's a dress code that's anything other than something where I'm trying to set the bar. Like, I'm the best dressed person here. Like, here's the dress code. Uh, my pocket square. As opposed to like, oh god, I got to put on this monkey suit again in order to impress my boss, or
1: or or you have to go like, oh, it's Thursday, and it's Hawaiian shirt day, and the boss thinks
0: that's Ugh. hilarious. Ugh. Yeah, right. So that's that's never figuring in my equation. But just thinking about the world as a collective thing that we're all responsible for, mm-hmm. and realizing that a lot of us um, knowledge workers and creatives and people that are um, that are Uh, that traditionally were the ones that brought a lot of color and life and, and interest to the world. When we opt out, and decide we're not going out anymore, and we're not we're interacting with the world just fine via social media and the internet, and the rest of the time we're getting everything delivered, mm-hmm. and we're just decorating our house now. And watching we're, streaming concerts. <laughs> we're not actually just depriving ourselves, but we're making the world a more impoverished place mm-hmm. because we're not bringing the kind of light and energy to the actual meat space that we – that we used to do um if we don't go to concerts then who's at concerts and eventually concerts are just things we watch on tv but the actual world is out there tumbleweeds are rolling through the streets and there's you know you live in san francisco i live in seattle in order to avoid them being domed cities where um you know, where there are big squalid slums of people that just work as delivery drivers. Like, we have to repopulate the world mm. somewhat with our, you know, with our fancy underwear. Wow. <laughs> and a fancy underwear sponsorships. <laughs> ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'd like to thank Mac Weldon for yeah. the sweatpants that I'm wearing. Tommy
1: Tom, Tom, John. Um, so so all, all the great underpants. And so you're going to start with uh, with Judith.
0: We're going to start with Miss Manners, right? I'm terrified that she is going to show up for the first day of seventh grade with that book under her arm. And a, you know, and some mean girl is going to come up and go, oh, my God, I can't believe you're wearing those shoes. And she's going to say, actually, commenting on someone's shoes is very rude. Mm-hmm. And, and then she's going to hit the girl with the book. And I'm going to be like, oh, my God.
1: Yeah, but That's I mean hard. like, you know, that you got to start from the outside in, you know, hit hit with the book you've got is what they say.
0: Learn the rules and mm-hmm. then you can break them, Merlin. And then you can you can quietly
1: undermine her and maybe give her an eating disorder.
0: Yeah, you can quite quite quit. Look, That's eating a long disorders run in my
1: family. <laughs> <laughs>